99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome on in or welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rawari, and today we have a very familiar guest returning for us all. I'm super excited for you guys to hear about some more of his corridor and more of his journey around Aotearoa, because my boy can't stay still. He's always on the go. So uh, let's welcome back to the show, the brother Harris. Welcome on, brother. Hey, Rats, it's good to be back, as always. <laughs> we always love having you on, bro. You really are Fano of the 99 Dreams, my bro. So welcome, welcome back, brother. I alluded to uh, just before that you, you're, you're a man on the move. You, you, you're never in one place. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the bro is down there in Ōtautahi Christchurch. He's no longer in Wellies. So how was that move? Have you tried positioned like smoothly or has it gone a little bit awry uh no it was, it was as smooth as it could be yeah i uh drove i drove down i packed all my stuff in my car in wellington took the ferry drove down to Christchurch. it was actually uh the whole situation about how i where i ended up living in Christchurch is kind of interesting so you know i could obviously i couldn't hunt for flats in Christchurch while i was uh, in Wellington, so I was on you know on Facebook groups and you know on the renter pages, being like, "Hey, um, I'm trying to find a flat, but I can't do any viewings. Do you want to do like a Zoom viewing or something?" Some people were keen, some people weren't, uh, and I ended up having this viewing with, with with a flat, and they really liked me. I really liked them. They were like, "It's between you and someone else." I was like, "Cool, easy." Uh, and then a couple of days later, they're like. Hey, really liked you, but we're gonna give it to someone else. I was like, yeah, fair enough. It is what it is. I wasn't too upset about it. Uh, but then they were like, you know, we feel really bad, and we want to make it up to you. Uh, the, the the girl I was talking, she's like, well, my dad owns another house, and it's actually, you know, way closer to uni. Um, it's gonna be five, like a five minute drive instead of a twenty five minute drive, um, and it's cheaper as well. There's less people living there. Um, and if you want this room there, you can have. I'm like, well, you should have started with that. <laughs> you should have started with that. <laughs> Why did you bury the lead? Uh, so I, I took it, obviously, um, without knowing who I was going to move into, uh, move in with. Um, and, and luckily, my flatmates are great. We live with the dog or Baxter, too. Um, and it all worked out, like, overwhelmingly well. Uh, and I've settled in. Nice thing, Christchurch. I love, love Christchurch. It's a city. It's um, it's growing on me. Yes, it's not too bad down there, right? Like, um, I don't know if I could live there full time, but my friends and stuff that do live there, they they love the place. It's it, it's a beautiful city when you do explore the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was out with some friends, and I and having dinner, and one of my. friends friends while I was out with us a couple guys to take a photo of the group that we were with and the guy took a photo of us and he looked at me he's like hey do you know Ra? 
you mean Rowan? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, bro, he's my mate. I saw you on his podcast. I was like, man, this is this is hilarious. This is crazy. What a small freaking world, man. So your your podcast is you know clearly clearly you know it's blowing up. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's blowing up, man, or if it's just you know my my loyal friends just just staying true to the code popper and and you know. <laughs> seeing people out there they're like oh yo i know exactly who they were too shout out mikai and Dawanui. that was that was a pretty cool moment not gonna lie it, it <laughs> made it made me look really cool in front of my friends by the way so i was like man this is i, I, I couldn't ask for anything better Hey, it's like that man, Cifano. If you if you want to get recognised in the streets, come jump on the Ninety Nine Dreams podcast. This is the place to be. This is the place to be. One hundred percent. Case study number one, so, right here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in that moment, how did you stay grounded? How did you stay humble? You know, because you know, for me, I'd be like, oh, ego's a little bit inflated now. Well. <laughs> uh, I didn't know I didn't stay humble at all so <laughs> um uh they asked me they I um bolstered your pod I was like man this is this is you gotta like it, it takes it takes time to, to get on Ross podcast so you know pretty big deal guys hey it does man it does it does it's um patience is a long waiting list Barno. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really isn't. But um, you know, if you want to come jump on and share your story, you know my hooky my man. Welcome, welcome. Um, but can can we, can we shift this a little bit to the reason why you're in all all at the moment? Like, what what are you doing down there? Yeah, so I am currently doing my masters in organizational psychology, um, and most people don't know what that is, which is fear. But the way I've I'm trying to I'm, I've slowly worked on like a pitch for what to, how to explain it, and in a simple sentence, it's using psychology. I study ways to make work not suck. Right, right. Expand on that a little bit more. Okay. Um, so, for instance, let's say someone who does what I w- will eventually do would well one thing they can do well, there's there's a lot of different roles but one thing I, I, I'll, I'll be able to do is go into a workplace and I will be able to identify why people aren't satisfied working there their well-being is low working there their maybe team cohesion um, isn't, isn't you know where it should be and really diagnose the problem the the psychological mechanisms behind it and develop ways to increase people's you know well-being in the workplace so they enjoy working there um and, and then work more work better and basically it's it's better for everyone right if you enjoy working somewhere you're going to put more into it and everyone gets uh, a positive roi from that right right so oh. There's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, it, it, what's the ethos of it all? The ethos. So, what do you, what do you mean by that? 
Like, if you had to just sum it up in just one quick phrase to explain that entire kaupapa, <laughs> for those that kind of, you know, just need to go, hey, what do you mean? Okay, okay. So I would say uh, if, if you go into work and you're like, work makes me feel shit, I would go into your work, figure out why, and change some things. And then hopefully that will, over time, make you not feel like shit going to work. Right, right. That's a great way to to sum that up. Yeah. (laughs) So, so what are some of the the measures that you'd you'd take to, you know, make a workplace feel less shit? And how how do you improve the overall well-being of, well, quote-unquote, employees? But I like to call them whanau. I would say... There's a lot of different things, right? So you would you'd measure um, work workplace satisfaction, well-being at work, um, productivity. It's a, it's a good way to see if it's a it's a good proxy for that kind of measure. Um, team cohesiveness, collaboration, uh, relationships with between like people in, in like senior levels compared to in junior levels of the of the company and, and if you collect all that data and look at it all there's usually some disjointedness where there shouldn't be right there's usually some gaps or the the, the structural integrity of social relationships communication is a bit janky or completely falls apart you know um and there's a lot of factors that lead to that um one of the main ones that i looked at was uh, authenticity so so being authentic at work right being your, your authentic self your true self um so that was that was pretty interesting yeah like it, it, there's there's a lot that kind of goes goes into goes into that yeah well because for me personally i i know when i go to work i'm filtering i guess how how i present myself at work like um I'm not going to be this high energy, super out there. The person that you get on this podcast is not the same person I am at Mahi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is there a reason why people kind of do that? Or is it just like, just subconscious? You just, it just is. I think it really, there's, there's a lot of it depends, right? And um, let's let's start with the individual, the, the, the let's say, the, the you, Ra. So you're... There's, let's say there's a there's a, um, a spectrum of your personalities, right? Let's say on one end, there's, there's your, a version of you that doesn't change who they are irrespective or independent of the situation they're in, the context, right? Um, and then on the other side, let's say you are a completely different person in every situation. You, you, you almost adapt uh, exclusively to every single change in a situation or, or changing environments, right? Uh, and people sit on that spectrum. So some people are like very, very um, rigid in their, in their like disposition, their personality, they don't change at all. Some people uh, adapt a bit more mold, right? And, and that's one part of that is sort of genetically just who you are, just what you do. I don't think that's good and or bad, like on its own. It's more like why that happens and, and how that's facilitated by the environment you're in. So 
if you are um if it's easier for you to to sort of adapt around different people and just different people just bring out sort of slightly different versions of you that's that's like completely fine there's nothing wrong with that it's it's still you like the the way for instance the i i express myself in slightly different ways in slightly different company right i do that because i enjoy um the adaptability that I, that I that I can do that and it's 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 cool adapting to different sort of environments um and I don't think there's anything bad about that it's it's very natural right but at the same time it's it's super natural just just to have consistency so this independently for yourself there's no wrong or right as long as it doesn't affect you negatively all right all right so it's, it's, it's not essentially bad to, to be flexible or to be sort of reserved in, in showcasing your full and authentic self. It's just more of a personal thing? Yeah, on, on one side, right? There, there are instances where, where it can be bad, right? Um, and those would look like, for instance, if you weren't being... If, if you felt that if you express your authentic self in that environment it would be um, it would lead to less sort of like negative outcomes uh, maybe someone would look down on you or someone would, would you know think you're weird or like whatever if that's why you change your behavior then then with then that's bad right so if, if it's forcing you to be reserved if it's forcing you to sort of peek yourself into a square hole yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah um right. and i think like a lot of uh places right now are, are sort of you know oozing sort of you know, uh being authentic at work is, is sort of a good thing and you have to do that and i think that's the first layer you know realizing that that's important mm-hmm. but what's more important is how you actually be authentic at work um Knowing that yeah, knowing that you should be authentic is just one thing, but how you actually be authentic at work is is sort of the bigger bucket that you have to address. That's so true. Do you, let me ask this then. I guess it is. Oh, um, where was I going with that? Is is being authentic at work a, a product of the, the overall environment or is it is it more what's going on personally with you which affects that more that's a that's a good question um so we talked about um how your person your personality your disposition can affect how you express yourself and and a, a i guess it's a simple way to to talk about this right um, have you heard of the term psychological safety? No. Okay. So uh, psychological safety is feeling, having, uh, um, I guess, mental safety or, or, or feeling safe, being be feeling that you can express your views yourself safely in an environment with other people and not uh, being judged for it or... Um, being put down for it, so having that psychological safe space um, is important to f- be able to express your authentic self. 
right? So if you're, let's say, in a meeting and you're around other people who, if you feel like if you express yourself, um, your authentic self, they're going to look down upon you, judge you, call you out, negative ways. You're not going to do that, right? But if you feel comfortable around the people around you, knowing that you're not going to be judged, it's a safe space to say stuff, then you're more likely to, right? There are sort of steps you can uh, people can take to make everyone else, you know, like make others feel psychologically safe. But there's also a level of sort of personal uh, threshold that each person that each person has. So my threshold for feeling comfortable saying what I want to say can be different to your threshold, right? So let's say you feel comfortable, you know, here. Um, at this level of psychological safety to say whatever you want to say. But maybe I need this level of psychological safety to say what I want to say. Uh, if we're both in the same environment and the environment has sort of, um, you know, is, is in the middle, right? You're, you're going to feel fine, but I'm not expressing myself, right? And so on in one, in one instance, it's like, yeah, the, uh, it depends on the people, but it also, also depends on you. Right. Okay, so it brings me to another question, another question I guess, that, that, that builds off of that, is which personalities don't work well together to, you know, really enhance or create, you know, that, that psychologically safe space? Hmm. Okay, so I would say, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a really good question. So um, the, 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 the archetypical, the, 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 the the personality that I think of immediately is the the there's a character if you're in I, I like sort of a group environment group so let's say meeting if you have someone who has the natural ability whether they you know realize it or not to just take charge of the conversation and be the uh, the major voice in the room right if you have them and then on the other end, if you have someone who is uh, naturally more shy, more reserved, who won't really speak unless asked to speak, right? Um, I mean, the psychological safety might be fine, uh, but generally it's it's harder depending on the content of what the people or the person who is more talkative of what they're saying if it just comes out harsh, it comes out more sort of stern, uh, like blunt, uh, then it can make the other person on the other end of the spectrum feel less comfortable expressing um, themselves. Right, right. So I guess... I was just going to add to that. So, uh, no, no, you're good. Um, and on, so, the... If you're more likely to, to be okay, let me let me sort of backtrack here. There's different versions of being authentic, right? Some people say, you know, I'm gonna be my authentic self and if that makes other people feel like shit or if what I say hurts other people then ah, that's on them, you know. That's I'm just trying to be authentic. Right? Um but I don't think that's true like sure that can be authenticity. But like I said, it depends on on how, like on how you express your authentic self. Being being authentic doesn't give anyone the uh, the green light 
to be an asshole, right? Like it's that's that's like a a big idea you have to understand. Like sure, some people it's some people's responsibility to um, not take offense, but there is also a responsibility on the person who's saying stuff to recognize what they are saying can be perceived, and if that is if it, if what they're saying is perceived negatively then people aren't gonna like them and if they want to maintain you know relationships then they have to be aware of that that won't take away from their from their authenticity it, it will just it, 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 its ability to enhance or devalue relationships and and being authentic or not this it's less to do with that So, so you really saying that there's a fine line between being an asshole and being genuine? And... Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, right? So, let's say, okay, I'll give you a clear example. So, let's say we're in a meeting, right? And uh, everyone has to share an idea. Me and you're in the room, right? And you share your idea, and I'm like, Raya's idea is just that's it's, it's terrible. It's crap. It's who would think of such a dumb idea, right? That's my authentic brain thinking that in the back of my head. But because I'm trying to be authentic, I just come out and say it, right? Because I want the best idea to come forward. If it's mine, I don't care. If it's the other person's, I don't care. I just want the best idea. And me, <laughs> you know, just telling you that your idea is shit, you know, in front of everyone. Sure, that could be me being authentic. But is that really the best way for me to express that, you know? I don't think that's going to have the best outcome. One, people are going to be like, yo, Harris, you are an asshole. Why would you say something like that? You can simply have a better way of providing constructive criticism or not saying, you know, just just another way to say something, right? So, like, having kind of like a filter of, not, not, not in the sense that you're filtering yourself, and like really restricting how much of your authentic stuff you're saying but in terms of saying you know like um that idea is shit to oh how about we look at it from this perspective and maybe we can make a few changes to that mm-hmm. idea yeah yeah because ultimately if, if you say that idea is good but it's but you don't like it that's being inauthentic but if you say but if you don't like an idea and express it in a way that doesn't you know push the other person down and make them feel bad that's still being authentic you're just expressing your feeling your true feeling in a way that doesn't hurt the other person that's the difference if that makes sense yeah that that makes total sense bro so i guess after learning about that how do we you know consciously be more mindful early on so that you know in the future they can kind of become a subconscious thing and and we learn how to still be authentic whilst having that marginal filter yeah okay um it's you you want to facilitate an environment where where people have first you have to you have to make the place um comfortable to be authentic right so let's let's focus on how you facilitate that um the the biggest thing is uh, leadership and managers. So if, if if your manager communicates with you in a way that makes you feel safe and comfortable um, and tells you that it's okay to express yourself, you won't be judged. Like it's 
you know, if they express that um, verbally to you and have nonverbal behaviors that sort of complement what they say, then you're going to feel comfortable expressing yourself. And if your team um, uh, has the same sort of, you know, perspective and, and does the same things, then you're going to be comfortable saying what you want to say. Once you facilitated that environment, right, where you feel comfortable around other people saying what you want to say, then it's more to do with uh, um, knowing how, knowing what you really feel, and finding a way to communicate that that is accurate to how you feel internally. Um, and, and then and then it's your choice like like something you might say could affect someone else negatively right but if that's not the intent one and if you are trying to communicate in a way that um, doesn't affect anyone negatively then that's that's I mean that's as far as you can go right like what more can you do um, without changing how you truly feel and saying what you truly feel Right, so there's 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 only so much you can do, and then it's up to the other person to go. Maybe this, maybe this, you know, made me feel like crap. Did he? Did they mean it like that, or are they just trying to communicate an idea? Maybe it's some criticism, and just because it's criticism, not how they've explained it, that I feel a certain way about it. Right. So there's there's it's like a two way relationship with that. So, uh, like, a lot of it relies on how well the parties can communicate clearly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a tough tough skill. I feel like yeah. that, I feel like that's like a where a lot of things break down is is, is communication, um, things being misread and misconstrued, and then that then that in itself you know leads to people being inauthentic at work you know shying away from things or um feeling like their backs up against the wall so then they take on this very dominant persona dude 100 percent. and you know there's there's actually one simple way to bridge the gap of communication and it's really hard to think about in the moment but it's a form of like active listening right so if you if you want to be understood really well, I feel like you have to start by trying to understand the other person really well, right? Because they will um, bring it back to you, the you know the the product of reciprocity. So if I don't think I'm understanding someone, what I will do is I'll go, hey, this is what I think you are trying to say, and if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think you're saying. And I, and I do my whole spiel. I'm like, okay, now, how much of that is accurate? Where am I getting things wrong? I just want to understand you the best to the best of my ability. And they'll, and they'll tell me, yeah, that's accurate. Or actually, I think you've got this wrong. Or I don't think you quite understand this part, right? Then I'll know exactly what they mean because they'll tell me, right? Well, sorry, I'll know exactly what they mean. And they'll, they'll tell me. They'll correct me if they need to. Right? Once we're all on the same page about what we're talking about, the, how we define certain things and where we sort of stand, then it's way easier to move forward. And if, if you do that, yeah, do that with both sides. 
yeah, it, it, it's a lot of lot of hard work and uh, a lot of discipline involved there to to grow those sort of um, competencies. Oh, I definitely call them competencies. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, they're they're all skills that anyone anyone can have. You just have to uh, focus on developing them. Right, and so I guess another thing we'll we'll touch on then, based off of that, is, is discipline. Like, how how do you you know obtain discipline in, in any kind of areas um so it's 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 interesting because there's i think the idea of discipline is very confused in general um and and this might be uh slightly controversial but we'll see how we go right okay so i think <laughs> i think discipline is doing something that is obviously hard that's challenging right just off the bat super simple i think everyone can agree on that right but what is difficult for one person might be a desired activity or easy for another person for instance exercise for me isn't discipline i don't need discipline to go to the gym five times a week every week it's just something I do, something I want to do. If I don't do it, I don't like it. You know, if you tell me don't go to the gym five times a week, five times a week, I w- it would require more discipline for me to stay away, right? Um, for other people, discipline um, for for others might be uh, having being being having tough conversations or standing up for themselves in a social situation, right? Saying something. It might be challenging emotionally um, for certain people and easy for others. Some people enjoy conflict. And for them, once they once once they feel it, you know, coming up in whatever environment that they'll they go they go in, you know, they're like, yeah, let's talk about this or whatever. So it doesn't require that, you know, willpower, that discipline to have the hard conversation because they can't wait to have that conversation. Whereas some other people are more sort of risk averse and they shy away from that conflict and for them it requires that discipline, right? Um, so a lot of the, um, when we think discipline, we think, you know, exercising, going to, you know, going to sleep at a good time, eating the right things, um, doing the right things with, with your work and, and and to a certain extent that's true like generally it's harder to do hard things right but it's a lot more there's a lot more nuance in that and I think we should take the picture away from um, certain a specific idea of what discipline is and, and make it a bit broader oh yeah can I ask you this then? I, I, I think it's in line with um, what you've been saying. What's the difference between routine and discipline? Uh, routine and discipline, what's the difference? I would say routine would probably fit somewhere. If, if you have routine, you might still need to practice discipline to fulfill that routine. Um, having a routine and and um, practicing it doesn't mean it's something that comes easy to you. So a routine is a set of behaviors that you t- 
have decided you need to do in a certain order, right? Um, whether that's an automatic thing that you just do one after another, or whether it's a conscious willed choice that you have to, you know, struggle to do, but you still do. Um, that's a different thing. Right, right. So routine is kind of that mundane step-by-step, -step, left foot, right foot, whereas discipline, you, you've got to consciously think about making these changes to develop potentially a routine in the future? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, R routine's funny. Routine is pretty funny. Like some people, I think I think routine is generally a good thing because the more you're, you don't have to think about what you have to do regularly, the more cognitive brain space you have to focus on the important stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so if you have a routine, then you've got more, you've got actual more freedom within a limited space, time, um, to do important things than if you don't have routine, if you're more staggered. But, um, you know, life ebbs and flows, and sometimes if you don't have a routine, it's not the end of the world. Sometimes that can help with some creative thinking or some type of work. Hard out, bro. Like I, I often find myself, um, and it's it's sad, but like when I'm with my friends or something, and I'm out having like dinner or something, bro. Mm -hmm. My mind's going a mile a minute, going, "Oh man, this idea, this idea, bro. This would be such a cool thing to run with." And this is how the magazine was born. Whilst I was not near the computer, so <laughs> I was taking those breaks from that routine. Mm. That just boom, the brain goes. Hey, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like creativity needs space. <laughs> but going back to discipline, if you don't want something, you know, so badly that you have to force yourself to it. So like people, you know how you yourself, you don't need to go to the gym to be disciplined. That, that's just a, that's a routine for you. Whereas other people, they, they really mentally and physically have to prepare themselves to, to, you know, pull up off the couch after work to, to go to the gym. Um, you know, how, how do you get around that? Uh, you have to, uh, okay, let's, let's, um, can I take a step back and then I'll answer that question? So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like to think in terms of, uh, people who are introverted and extroverted, right? seems totally left field but well, trust me it'll, it'll connect so you've got people that are introverted and extroverted and uh just to define those terms if you're introverted doesn't mean doesn't mean you don't like being with people it just means um your sort of uh reward dopamine reward system gets filled up refilled when you are sort of more by yourself um when you have your own space whereas for an extroverted person their reward dopamine system gets uh, uh, built up when they are with people, right? So that's, that's the, the main difference. Um, and if you have someone who is uh, extroverted and has l lower levels of um, neuroticism, which is a personality term for like, like 
emotional stability, right? So if you are extroverted and you have lower levels of um, neuroticism, then it's really hard for you to be bored, be, be by yourself, right? So being bored is really challenging, right? It will take a lot of willpower to do an activity like meditate, right? Sitting on your own, focusing on your breath, that would be excruciating, you know, for you. On the other end of the spectrum, if you are more introverted, and if you have a high level of emotional stability, high level of neuro, sorry, low, low, lower levels of neuroticism, high levels of emotional stability, then being bored is going to be way easy for you, right? Because you you're, you're able to sit by yourself, and your and your emotions won't be like all up and everywhere trying to trying to figure stuff out. Um, so so one activity for that person, or two different people could be uh, relaxing. Uh, fulfilling for another person could be kind of draining actually right still effective because meditation helps develop certain skills like focus and attention but for an extroverted person who has high levels of neuroticism and lower levels of emotional stability it's going to just be harder for them uh, now if we go to the gym right there there's just certain personalities excuse me, certain people who enjoy the act of um, uh, physical exertion, right? People just, some people are just into that. They've got a, a disposition, a personality that enjoys that, right? And to double down on that, there are some people who enjoy that and some people who like crave the idea and the activity of pushing themselves to the brink. Just, just, just like going as hard as possible, right? Um, and some people just the 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 physical discomfort of exercise is just gross, just ugh, just doesn't feel right. It just eh, for whatever reason, people just don't like it, right? Um, so if you think about it in those terms, like, it's like I wouldn't want to do something that I feel eh, about either, like. If I feel gross, feel weird about just the idea of pushing my body, my muscle under physical strain, ugh, yuck, you know? But but if that idea of that is kind of like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's see how hard I can push. Hell, yeah. Let's just, you know, cause that's me. I want to see how hard I can push. If I, when I can't, when I don't have the ability to do that, then um, uh, I, don't, I don't like that. So on one end... Um, you've got someone who can actually do that. On the other end, you have someone who can't. To get someone who can't do that to a point where they get really close to being that person or are that person, um, you go, you build the tolerance, right? Don't don't start hard, start easy. I say. Yeah. So, for person A who doesn't like the feeling of exercise. You do, you know, a set of ten, uh, two sets of ten reps on a, an exercise at a very low intensity, just going through the movements. And you, if you build that up at a slow enough level, they will their tolerance will increase slowly, right? And over time, they'll get used to that yucky feeling of their muscles burning. Um, and over time, they will. Because you don't get the instant gratification from exercise when you start doing it, 
you you don't see the rewards you only see them later on so if you start easy and slowly build a tolerance to a point where they in, end up seeing results if they continue exercising for a while they'll associate that burny yucky feeling with positive outcomes right and within the session sometimes over time uh when when you exercise hard enough your body also releases positive endorphins right so over time they will uh, associate the aki feeling of the the burning feeling of of exertion with the good dopamine feeling feeling good after a workout and once they see positive results they'll associate it with you know achieving the results in the gym and if you're with a trainer or if you're with a workout partner that you know um, supports you and like just oozes confidence into you when you when you've completed a hard set when you've pushed yourself slightly out of your comfort zone those that aki feeling that burning feeling will make you feel will be associated with um that positive feedback loop coming coming from someone else and so if you combine all those things the combine the the yucky feeling that you have initially with all those positive outcomes those rewards and, and all those things over time you will want more of that and once you get used to the increasing stimulus um something that used to be like really hard might you'll be so used to it that you you want to do more of it yeah i, I definitely see lots of that in uh what what i'm doing here at the moment with 99 dreams like um well i didn't hate it to begin with but it, it is very hard you, you've really got to force yourself into it, whether it's um putting out daily content um videos photos whatever it is on social media like forcing yourself to make sure that you've recorded at least one thing today you, you've got some banked content that you can post um you know designing products discussing prices with manufacturers updating the website um making sure the magazine's looking good it, it takes a lot of discipline to just get up every day work in nine to five and then keep mm-hmm. going with the shit. and you have to keep doing because you don't have the reward from doing it until later on right like you just have to do it for a while and then eventually the results will come but between there's a there's a big gap there's a big lag between those two points so the goal is to enjoy the process of it to maintain doing that doing it for the sake of the reward is gonna be not the most productive way because you can't bank on results and when they will happen right you know that as an entrepreneur and if you are more into the process of certain things and the effort you put in eventually once you have the positive outcome that will feel good but because you did it for the process not the outcome it's going to be easier to maintain it 100% and like with any kind of venture that anyone gets into if you don't love the journey if you don't like hitting milestones not financial milestones but like personal milestones business milestones social media milestones though those are the little things that keep you going those are those little mini rewards along this road of what they call success mm-hmm. yeah success is such a funny thing eh? oh yeah bro <laughs> what, what what do you how do you define success uh success i've it's evolved for me 
me personally, yeah, it's evolved. So uh, when I was 20, I would say success would have been... <laughs> so I I, um, I remember saying this. So we, we were asked in a class. Yeah, I think this is when we were studying PT. And the teacher asked, you know, like, like 10 years on the track, like, how do you, what do you, where do you see your life? And everyone had to answer the question. And it was around, like, how much we wanted to earn. And some people said... Like like eighty k, you know, sixty k, whatever, something reasonable, um, your standard upper middle class amounts. And then it was my turn, and I was like, I want to. <laughs> can't believe I said this. I want a Lamborghini by the time I'm twenty five, and I want to be a multimillionaire by the time I'm thirty, right? And I got a lot of praise for that. People were like, whoa, that's so ambitious, blah 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 blah. Um, and. The funny thing about sharing a goal that's really audacious and if people, you know, support it and make you feel good about it, you get, you get like, a feedback loop of reward without actually doing anything. So I felt really good about saying something, <laughs> not doing anything because people were like, oh, yeah, that's a cool thing. That's, a, that's being ambitious. Um, obviously, I didn't get there. I didn't, I'm 28 now. I don't have a Lamborghini and not yet and i am in more debt now than i was when i was 20 so i'm further away from being a millionaire but i don't want those things anymore i i i could i, I could well i was gonna say i could care less but no like you know having capital having money is very useful to for for, for doing certain things buy a million dollars right now yeah hell yeah I'd keep it. <laughs> but that's not how I define success at the moment. Um, the way I define it now is if I can earn um, uh, a living that I can support myself and my family with comfortably and do something that I really care about. Um, and, and, um, and by doing that, I'm making a positive impact in the world somehow then cool what i like that's 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 literally that's literally how i define success oh i and on top of that i will go I, to add on to that success is also maintaining really good relationships in my life with my friends and my family as well um yeah oh, i like that I, I love that actually i love that and if i if, if like those boxes are ticked for me cool sweet you know like I, i'm in the same boat like even though like i'd still love a lamborghini a porsche like my dream is that mclaren but like that's a dream car i'm allowed to have a mclaren as a dream car yeah. in terms of reality though success to me is happiness and you know happiness is those relationships happiness is um you know waking up in the morning and just if everything was taken away, if, you know, the brand failed, if I was like a million dollars in debt, I'd be stressed. But as long as I'm happy and who I am with the people that I surround myself with, that, that that's success for me. 100%. I think, I think more like there was this phase between, I think, 2010 and just before the pandemic, 2019, and it was sort of the boom, the insidious boom of hustle culture and 
in a lot of ways it was it was good of course because it, it made people be productive and like aim to to be self-employed and be entrepreneurs and and try to fulfill the dreams which that in itself like a really good thing right but a lot of what it turned into was people um trying to aspire to these conflated um unnecessary successful metrics that aren't inherently that that valuable so my example when i you know i wanted a million dollars and i wanted a lamborghini and i think the reason why i wanted the lamborghini is it's it's a hard thing to have right it doesn't you, you, like you can't buy a lamborghini like you can buy a toyota corolla like you need to put in a lot of, a lot of work to earn a certain amount of money to then be able to buy it right so i conflated um doing something that's hard to get something that is valuable monetarily and i confused the value of that as as inherently meaningful and then when i realized that having something like that isn't going to add extra intrinsic value and meaning to my life then it's actually not that valuable you know it's only valuable because it's hard to get and just because it's hard to get doesn't mean it's worth having 100% 100% I I feel like too because of social media Instagram TikTok uh everyone becoming a millionaire selling feet pick on only fans you know like <sighs> They have Lamborghinis, they have Ferraris, they're bloody summering around the world. They don't even know what winter is. And I feel like so many people get caught up in, I need to be this, I need to do that, because I need to do those things too. How do you get away from that mindset and sort of still being an entrepreneur, still having, you know, that hustle culture about you, but putting your own spin on it and having your own personal goals rather than what you see as success on social yeah, media that's really hard eh? it's it's so easy to fall into social comparison and i think the reason it's easy to fall into social comparison is because that's actually a default mechanism in, in the human mind like we are naturally uh predisposed to compare ourselves to others especially to people who are um quote unquote doing better than us because it's, it's a sort of a mechanism for survival, you know, like, oh, someone's doing better than me. Well, ah, why aren't I doing that? What, what do I need to do that? Right. So it makes us feel bad, but it's, it's sort of like a mechanism for survival that we no longer need. We can easily live happy lives without comparing our lives to others. Uh, and so, I can't remember who said this, but for me, at least, um, I, I do I, I ask myself like a couple of questions. I say, okay, what are my values? Um, if I don't know what my values are, then I have to go through a process of identifying them. But you know, my, my values are, are family, connections, learning, um, and uh, doing uh, trying to do hard things for meaningful progress in myself and in the world, right? So those are those sort of my values. Um, and if I see someone that's, you know, traveling all over the world and, and doing all these cool things, I'm like, oh, man, I want those things. I'm like, then I go, hang on, well, is that in line with your values? Okay. Nah? Okay, cool. Then chill out. Uh, 
Um, and the second question I asked myself is, I would I be willing to do the things that person did to get to where they are, right? It's, it's someone super successful doing, you know, uh, a streamer. Let's say a, a streamer is doing really well on, what do you stream on? Um, YouTube, wherever they stream on. And I'm like, Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, there we go, Twitch. They're, 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 they're a Twitch streamer. And they've got millions of subscribers. And, and like, let's say I want that lifestyle. So I have to ask myself, hey, am I willing to sacrifice um, uh, being on in front of the screen all day, you know, talking to people in that kind of way, doing everything that they, had, that they did and, get, and sacrifice everything that they sacrificed? Do I want that? Do I want to give that up? Am I willing to? And if the answer is no, then does then I shouldn't want what they have, right? Because I'm not willing to give up those things. And then I ask myself, uh, if I have what they have, how do I know that that is something that will satisfy my intrinsic needs, uh, make me feel whole as a person, right? Will that um, bring, have, like, you know, will that bring me closer to my family, my friends, and do the things that I want to do. If the answer is no, then nah, right? So it's a lot of self-evaluation before you sort of compare yourself or catch yourself wanting something. Yeah, pretty much. And, and so let's say there's an instance where someone has something that I want and, you know, my values line up, my sacrifices line up. Like, yeah, cool, I'll be willing to sacrifice x y and z and you know it, it, it will be it will benefit my bottom line then i go okay what is this person doing that i'm not and then i'll look towards so for instance um uh one of my one of my friends who um was doing well at uni and had a, had a on the surface a good sort of structure and lifestyle and, and we're still maintaining social relationships and, and, and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm struggling to be able to do that. I'm pushing more towards, you know, doing my own thing, staying in my own lane and then wasn't paying as much attention to my relationships. Um, so, and obviously they had a bit of connections with their network than I did. Uh, and then I, and I asked myself, okay, what are they doing that I'm not? And what can I do slightly differently? to not be in a similar position, but to be in my version of that position. Bro, that, I, I think that comes back to that whole discipline again, yeah. right? You've got to have the discipline to be able to put yourself through hell, whether it's saving, um, whether it's put, picking up more hours, whether it's starting a side hustle, um, to be able to afford that lifestyle in a way that suits your values. I mean, it's easy to sort of get some plastic surgery, get some ab implants and start an OF. Um, you know, when you're streaming on Twitch here in Aotearoa, nine times out of ten, you've got to stay up during those late hours so that your hours of operation are the same as 
the people waking up in the UK and the US mm -hmm. because that's your audience. That that's where you're getting your, your views from. So if, if you're not committed to doing that as well as, you know, whatever else you need to do to supplement those side hustles until they become your primary hustle, it all comes back to that discipline again, mm -hmm. right? Hard out. Um and James Hoffman, he's a coffee pioneer. Like like was a barista, has made a lots of different coffee companies and, and has bolstered a lot of different cafes around the world. Um, and he said he spent, um, he had the discipline to put in discipline to um, put in the work. And he was at, at a point he was working, you know, hundred, he said 110 hour weeks just to uplift his business and, and, and make it prosper. And he's like, I, I, I worked myself to a point where I hated what I was doing. I'm like, why am I even doing this? You know, I, I hate this. Um, and he said that uh, you, you need the discipline, you need the work ethic. If, if you want to get somewhere that work, that's hard to get to, um, but if you're doing it in a way that you end up hating it or is unsustainable, then that's it's just a it's wrong strategy. It's not, not going to work, right? Um, and so for him, he needed the discipline to not push harder but to pull back instead right so that was his discipline his discipline was i love this industry this um the coffee industry so much and the value it can provide to people that i just want to be in it all day every day and I, if i don't pull myself back and focus on my life my family i'm actually not doing this business the the service it needs right because i need to step back so i have the energy so i have that continuous love for it um to, to to lift it up over you know decades instead of burning myself out that's going to be hard to be able to um identify within yourself because for me personally i'll, I'll work through that burnout <laughs> I will work that burnout to re-energize me and keep going. Yeah, it's hard, man. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I get in the same boat sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super hard to identify. Hey, anyone out there got some tips or pointers? You know, get a, get a, get at us in the comments. There. Yeah, yeah. I can't even spit the words out right now. <laughs> My bro. I, I know how long we've been talking, but but because I've got you back on the show, and it, it's been a little while, how about we review some of the dreams that we threw into this dream deposit box way back in the first episode with you? What was that? That was episode three, I do believe. Oh. So yeah. let, let's <laughs> let's revisit that okay. dream, see where we're at with that dream, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might reevaluate. Okay, yeah, let's do it. I, I'm, I'm nervous now. <laughs> say holy shit this is gonna be quite confronting it's confronting nah man this is this is great this is what we'll do for anyone that does revisit the show after a a, a, a short hiatus the hard part is looking for it. <laughs> i've got quite a few in here now I'm, I'm uh it's cool that you keep track of all that that's pretty sick they're, they're sticky notes too, so they're sticking together. But uh, yeah, I mean, I took, I took, I take this seriously. Uh, <laughs> you know, P 
putting people's dreams in, in, inside of a box and, and hope that they come true is, is, is no um, no task you want to take lightly because I, I, I do hope that everyone one day achieves their dreams. Where is it? Um, you, you, yeah, I do remember you putting one in here. It's just the where, where. Do you, do you remember slightly what you said? Uh, no clue. Zero. Man, I, I keep pulling up the same ones. <laughs> I wish I picked, like, different colours. Oh, okay, that's, that's decent. Yeah, you gotta stop <laughs> Um, well, in the meantime, why don't you just tell the people what you've been up to and, and where they can find you, um, for anyone new to the podcast. Uh, about, <laughs> what have I been up to? Um, not, well, I've been, gosh, you're really putting me on the spot here. Eh? Um, for the last <laughs> week, I've done sweet fuck all. I've been on holiday. <laughs> so, I literally haven't done anything. I've been watching, uh, do you have a prison break? Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, with the um, bald-headed guy—not bald-headed, but like yeah, shaky. Yeah, I was like, well, I, I want to do a rerun of that. Been watching a ton of that. I have been. Um, I got back into playing guitar, so I've been trying to learn some songs. Oh, That's nice. been fun. Um, catching up with some old mates. I am currently in Taranaki, um, visiting my family, which has been fun. I'll be in or Wellington at the end of next week. Um, depending on when this podcast comes out, it'll be sometime in the future or the past. I think I think you'll be you'll be in Wellington. Oh, okay. When oh, this cool, drops. Cool. Uh, what are you heading there for? Just yeah, catch up? Catch up with uh, a couple people and then a group of the boys were heading to Martinborough for for a weekend. A winter winter getaway basically oh nice bro your uh, your threads are looking sick hey man this is the crew neck i'm working i gotta make some adjustments this is a sample that just arrived this hat dropped on wednesday by the time this comes out it'll be past tense okay oh so, there you go um, guys the hat has been dropped so you know what uh, just for, for you guys if you are listening and you and there's still some available on the website use the code modi order no spaces all caps and you'll get ten dollars discount there you go. look at that um i think this is yours bro if, if you if you lost it. my i'm i'm never coming back i am i'm quitting <laughs> no because well, i've got one in here and it has no name <laughs> <in it. laughs> And so I've got like everyone else that's been on here. And so I think this okay, is. Yeah, read it out. See if I vibe with it. If, if yeah, if this if this is yours, let me know. If it's not, this is gonna be hella embarrassing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it says to live a life my family can enjoy and have that freedom. 
So I summarised a lot because I think yours was quite long. <laughs> yeah, sounds like yeah, I'm I'm, I'm long with it in my shit. So because <laughs> <laughs> I think it was something to do with like um, you wanted a space where like you you have that freedom, you have that um flexibility, but also like a life that your family could be proud mm, of. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I'm like, that sounds like something I would say, but but I could also be saying a lot of different things. <laughs> so let's let let's write your name down on this <laughs> on this one, and 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 let's put a new one in there so that we know. Because you you'll be back on the show, man. This, this is your third time. You, you'll I don't be know. Back. After after this shambles, jeez. Who knows? Uh, once once we reach that financial milestone, we can hire you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need that psychological safe workplace. <laughs> you can translate for us. <laughs> what a branch out of the Pakistan. You're gonna hire me as your official trainer. Hey, that's um, that's that's effective effective recruitment. I'd say that's very effective recruitment. <laughs> yeah, if you want to reach, hey man, they they, they have a large people. audience. Like, as in population. Yes. <laughs> and with a with a with a uh, uh, what is it? At a Pakistani Olympian. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, can't forget about that. Harris and Fano. It's, it's it's Harris with one R, by the way. He 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 is not the I'm double not R. Not the double R, one R. So Harris, what what is your uh, dream? Okay, what is my dream? And okay, this is to not have it lost in the box yeah, again. Number one, not have it lost in the box. <laughs> First of all, second of all, my dream is to. Um, if I am lucky enough to live to like, I don't know, 90 years old, I, I want to like look back at my life and, um, know that I had and have, um, meaningful relationships did work that I that, that was meaningful and made an impact, a positive impact. Um, and that although that I probably went through difficult times and hardship, I developed the strength um, to overcome the adversity with the help of uh, my community. And if I can look back on those things and be able to support my family then dream come true. Yeah, nah, see, I think this is your dream. This is a summarized... I don't know, man. Stop summarizing it. (laughs) So here we have, slightly summarized, Harris with one R, to live to 90. (laughs) He wants to be able to look back and know that he has had and still has meaningful and positive impact on those around him. Yeah, okay, that's that's a good summary. 
I mean, it's. I like the longer version, but I'll, t- I'll accept that summary because it's on a sticky note. That's fine. We can always go back on that on on the other pod and actually listen to what what I said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, which is what I'm going to do after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. It- it is always a pleasure every time you come on the show, my bro. I, I always learn something new. I always have a good laugh. So I, I'm super appreciative that, that you, you'd you come and jump back on and support the co-papa another time, my bro. And um, I know our audience loves when you come on. They get to learn something new. And um, it's always thought-provoking, cordial. It's never mundane or dry. I'm not saying that any guest that's come on is mundane or dry. Oh, yeah, be careful, that, eh? you know, Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you listen to some podcast out there and you're like, geez, these guys suck. No, nah, never hear, man. You, you, you've got a wonderful uh, selection of guests. I love being on there. Love the corridors that we have and enjoy whenever the next one's going to be. Oh, brother. You know, like I said, everyone, the door's always open for anyone to come back. No, uh, it's not. It's it, exclusive it, only. It's about yeah, invite. <laughs> but yeah, there's a hard screening process. Trust me, Raya is extremely selective and you have to apply months in advance. <laughs> yeah, only if you know this guy. If you know Harris personally, then there's a wait list. But no, thank you so much for joining me. And Fado, like we did say, we have this portai that's out at the moment. Don't forget to use the code MODI order for $10 off. We have these amazing baseball jerseys available. 99 Dreamers, come be part of the Dreamers team. On the back, we got that 99 mm, Dreams. That's, that's pretty. We've got that 99 Dreams MLB uh, neck patch. And this is my favorite aspect of it. We've got a 99 Dreams Dream Star Game 2023, and it says Taranaki there. Any chance I get to rip home? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the final detail that um, I think most people care most about is that each jersey comes with a Roman numeral, so there's only 12 of these made. This particular jersey is number 8 of 12, so you know that yours will be 100% unique. Boom. That's sick. So go check it out. <laughs> 99dreams.co.nz <laughs> But is there anything you'd like to say before we go, my bro? I was, I was going to say, usually the other person plugs their stuff at the end of the podcast instead of you plugging your own. That's that's a very counter, <laughs> counter intuitive. <laughs> but, uh, okay. It's psychologically uh, fucking people yeah, man. up. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I guess I'll just um, see you guys when I see you guys. 100%. 100%. Hey, like you said, if you see him in Christchurch, if, if people see the Brother Harris down there, go go say hello to the guy. Um, tell tell his friends that you heard him again on the podcast and uh, you're a big fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come have a quarter. I'm always, always for a chat. <laughs> hundred percent. Well, anyway, Fano, thank you all so much for listening. If you're still listening until next time, take care and stay safe.